once said, a single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions, and the roots spring up and make new trees. It's the butterfly effect, where once where one random act of kindness can generate so many other positive ones. So today's podcast is all about these random acts of kindness that we've encountered and experienced. Anyways, happy holidays and welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast about all things travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, or what to pack for your next trip. With me today are my co-hosts, Lee and Zen. Hey! Hola! Hello, hello, hello. All right, so our podcast, like I said earlier, it stems, it's going to stem from personal conversations and Lee being Lee keeps on telling us (laughs) about all these amazing stories about her encounters with people from all around the world. She has had so many stories and we want to do a full podcast all about it. Well, and it's funny because I always (laughs) seem to put myself in these situations where I do end up depending on the kindness of strangers, whether I want to or not. Um, And some of them are really uh, very simple. I, I am very, very good at getting myself incredibly lost in places. And especially when I'm in places where I can't even begin to speak the language. And one of the worst places I got lost, well, one of the nicest places I got lost was actually Taipei. Um, I was in Taiwan and I was, I was, I really wanted to go to the Jade Market. Uh, I'd heard great things so about cool. it. Oh, it's so, everybody said it was really, really neat. And I had a map. Now, this is before Google Maps and all that. So I'm traveling yeah. without a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. and, um, but I, I, I feel like, okay, I, I've got a decent set of, sense of direction. No, negatory ghostwriter. <laughs> I got myself lost. <laughs> And I'm wandering around, and I must have had this bewildered look on my face. And this guy, probably in his, his 20s, uh, comes up to me and in flawless English says, are you lost? So clearly, I'm, I know when to admit defeat. I'm like, yes. He said, where are you trying to go? And I said, the Jade Market. And I said, where are you from? And he goes, Chicago. Of course. And so we chatted a bit and he's like, wow, yeah, Jade Market. Yeah, you're really out of your way. He said, <laughs> I tell you what, I'll walk you there. And I said, well, you can just point me. He's like, and he, I think he knew just from spending a few moments with me that uh, simple directions weren't going to work. So he actually walked <laughs> me eight city blocks out of his way and deposited me at the entrance of the Jade Market. Super nice guy, not a creeper. Um, and it was just one of those moments that made me very grateful for the kindness of strangers. Very nice. We'll have to talk about the Jade Market afterwards again. (laughs) 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 But uh, I've had bigger and and better things happen, um, where I've just been blown away by how, how people kind of go out of their way to do something. And I, I am... I am not a. I'm not like a person who exudes great wealth. I'm not going to be able to give them three magical wishes or anything like that. But sometimes people have really saved my bacon. Like this one time, I was in Julian, which for folks who don't know about Julian, California, is pretty rural. It is imagine the exact opposite of L.A. and that's Julian small town in the mountains kind of got a a wild west feeling to it and i went there on a whim uh in a jeep with you know a bunch of you know just threw my camping gear in and said okay i'm gonna just find a place well not thinking ahead very well it's october which is like the 
best time to go to Julian. The leaves on the trees are changing. It's apple season. Every room in the inns are booked. And so uh, after kind of walking around the town and doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I start trying to find a place to stay and everything's booked. Everything, every campsite, every hotel room, every sleazy motel room, there is nothing available. Now I'm faced with driving three and a half hours back to my place, but that didn't seem too good. So I did plan B and I got something to eat. It's nice. so like, <laughs> like when all else feels, eat something. Pass the time while you figure it out. Yeah. So it's about like nine o'clock at night and I find this pizza restaurant that had a, a little jazz duo playing. And as I'm you know, making my order, the woman who's serving me says, oh, wow, where are you staying out here? And I said, funny you should ask. I've actually got no place to stay. I think I'm just going to sleep in my Jeep for the night. And she goes, really? Well, how many people are you with? I'm like, oh, it's just me. Now, this woman is about in her 60s and she's probably the only person working there. And uh, she goes, she kind of stops her and she goes, well, hmm, if you don't mind waiting, you know, you can pitch your tent out on my property, but I don't get off until like 1130. And I'm like, well, I've got nowhere else to go. No problem. So hang out for a couple hours, listen to some music, have a glass of wine, actually helped her with cleaning up the restaurant and then proceeded to jump in my car and follow her out of town. And we just kept driving and driving and eventually made it to this dirt road where I was really grateful I had a Jeep because literally I'm bouncing all over the place as I'm following her in her truck. And we get to this, this really rural farm. And now it's like almost one in the morning, probably about 1230. And uh, she's like, gosh, it's probably too dark for you to pitch your tent. I'm like, it's no problem. I'll just sleep in the Jeep. At least I'm in somewhere safe. She goes, well, if you want, you can come in the house. She goes, but I don't have a second bedroom, but you can sleep on the couch. So we end, long story short, slightly shorter, we end up staying until up until three o'clock in the morning, finish off two bottles of wine, talk about our lives. I get up early the next morning. I go for a hike. I help her with her horses. It was, I, I ended up sending her a gift card saying thank you because in a moment where I literally had no place to go, this woman opened up her home um, and, and it was just a really, really wonderful thing. So it always gives me hope about uh, what lies out there in the greater world. But I know I'm not the only one. Um, and I'm curious about your stories as well. Yeah, well, I got a couple, but yours, I think, are going to be the most interesting. But before we get back to this, uh, back to that, we should go to a quick sponsor break. The events of 2020 have shaken the world and impacted our lives. But fearlessness is the mother of reinvention. Change your career. Prepare for a promotion. Start a new business with our fully online certificate programs. Available anywhere, anytime to fit your busy schedule. With diversity comes great strength. Find yours with us at the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education. Find out more at CE. Dot uci.edu once again ce.uci.edu all right so we were talking about kindness um i got something strange 
Um, <laughs> strange is fun. Strange is interesting. <laughs> well, I, I've mentioned this. I think I've mentioned, I've, I've mentioned this before, but you know, um, I, I'm going to go with two different stories I have. One's my sister's and one's mine, but um, I was in Inner Mongolia a long, long time ago in the late 80s, early 90s. And this is when you really couldn't get into China. And um, China was not the economic powerhouse that it is today, 30 years later. And we were out in the middle of Mongolia. And one of my friends got injured. Okay. And what I mean by injured is he had his arm pulled out of the <gasps> socket. Oh. Okay. And this was because when you're in an inner Mongolia in the 90s, in the middle of nowhere, early 90s, um, there's not much to do. And what you do is you sit around the campfire, you you know drink tea, and um, the guys wrestle and everyone watches. And my friend got flipped over, you know, like a judo throw where you're thrown over the shoulder, but in the process had his arm pulled out of the socket. We didn't know this at the time. All we knew he was in pain did he break his arm? Who the heck knows? So we ended up, um, but this is the kindness of strangers. Uh, we were with a small tour group, and there just happened to be, at the same time, another tour group um, in, um, and we're all staying in yurts in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. To give you an idea how far out, we took a jet out, like a jet, out to a out to a landing field. And from the landing field, we got into like these little vans and we drove something like an hour away from the landing field. And so we, this was the craziest thing I had. There was nothing out there at night. You would just go out onto a top of the, a low, a low hill and there was no lights except for the camp that we were in. I mean, just 360 degrees, nothing. And during the two or three days we were there, I did not see a single plane fly over us either. That's how remote this was. Wow. But it just happened that one of the guys in this, this other group started talking to us and he was Caucasian um, with an accent um, with English. He had an accent and he turned out he was Swiss. I believe he was Swiss. And he was like, Oh, I'm a doctor. And he was like, you know, it just happens in the middle Amazing. of nowhere. There was a doctor. <laughs> and But pretty much he was like, uh, yeah, I can't tell without, uh, I can't tell without x-rays. So this guy jumped in the van with us. Um, my buddy, his name was Brown, like three other guys, him and maybe one other person. And then we took this bumpy road for like 30 to 40 minutes into this little city, uh, this little tiny Chinese city, just like what you had seen in the movies, you know, Mm -hmm. like a, like a small rural town. We go to their hospital and the there's, this is how rural it was there. There's dirt on the floors. I mean, from the outside streets. So the thing is like the center of the hallways, I mean, they're like marble floors, but the center of the hallways were clean, but all the dirt has swept up to the edges of the walls. So it was just like, they didn't even, they didn't even mop the floors in this place. And we get an x-ray 
and this was the craziest part. I mean, it was, it looked like a steam locomotive had hit the building and the front of the locomotive was sticking out of the wall. And that was their x-ray machine. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it was like cast iron middle of, I mean, I had never seen anything like it, and they used glass plates. Wow. Whoa. What? <laughs> it was a cool. <laughs> yeah. I had never seen an x ray with a glass plate, and they took his x ray. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, actually, we're all in the room, and it's like, okay, stand up against this wall. And we're like, okay. And then the guys leave, and we, and he comes back in, and it's like, when are you going to take the x ray? And he's like, oh, I just, we just did. And like, <gasps> they took an x ray with all of us <laughs> in the room. <laughs> And I tell you what, I may be glowing in the dark today. (laughs) I'm lucky to have children. So they took the x-ray, his arms out of the socket. And so, you know, the thing is that as I was telling my friends, like, oh, there's, you know, don't worry. There's some ancient Chinese secret. They're going to slip that back in and you won't know. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So what we ended up doing. So with this doctor, I believe his friends, a bunch of us like actually put my friend brown onto a, like a gurney <gasps> and this guy was a weightlifter <laughs> one of us each of us get on one of his arms like one on one arm to hold him down another guy gets on one leg another guy gets down on the other oh leg and then two or three of us <laughs> grab his arm and <laughs> this is oh. so to actually so they actually had to put something in his armpit to pull it out right it turned out i had a bandana on me so we take the bandana off my neck slip it in his armpit and two of us grab the uh bandana and we yank his arm <gasps> back into the sack oh, oh my gosh but if it wasn't for this doctor from like Switzerland who we just randomly encountered in the middle of Mongolia in the 1990s, early 90s, <laughs> I don't know how we were going to do this because at least, I mean, he was, our doctor was this guy from another country. Who, this wasn't his country, not using any medical tools and just a bunch of us just doing it the old fashioned way, you know, the civil war way. <laughs> And wow. you didn't have any medical mal- malpractice lawsuits, so you got that going for you. Plus, you glow <laughs> that healthy glow. Exactly. Wow. Well, yeah. So that was one of the more more interesting things that I've ever experienced in my whole life. I hope never to experience again. <laughs> Definitely once in a lifetime experience. Yes. <laughs> Man. All of your stories, I'm trying to like get inspiration to spark some memory and from like my past travels based on what everyone's saying, but I don't think anything matches your kindness, the stranger's <laughs> kindness that you've met. I like the nearest thing I've been racking my brain, the nearest thing I can think of, which does not match at all, is just <laughs> like, like you're gonna listen to my story and you're gonna be like, everyone's that nice. <laughs> Um, but my mom and my aunt and I, we did a little summer road trip a couple years back along, kind of along the East Coast. So we went to Cape Cod <gasps> and spent a couple nights there, which was lovely. Um, and we were walking around and we we're looking for a place to eat. We couldn't decide on a restaurant. So we were just, you know, walking, like reading all the menus of every place and kind of making our way down the street. And we stopped at this seafood, of course, seafood restaurant. <laughs> we we're looking at it. And 
we spent quite a long time there because that was looked the most promising. And this older couple had just finished eating there. They walked out and they saw these three Asian women <laughs> just staring at this menu, looking very lost because there were too many options. <laughs> um, and they stopped by so nicely and we're like, oh, we just finished eating here. You should get this, this, and this. Offered three plates, one for each of us, so we could all share. Um, offered, recommended these three plates. And it was like, okay, that's a done deal. This sounds perfect. We're going to eat there. Um, so we did. We went in, thanked them. We Exchange was probably like two minutes long. Um, but we ordered those three plates that the nice gentleman recommended. And they were chef's kiss delightful. Like, I just, it was really nice because he, um, obviously he frequented that place or just ate that food. And so we didn't have to think anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was like the perfect recommendation. That was really nice. But see, I think that <laughs> totally qualifies. Thank I mean, you. someone taking time out of their day mm-hmm. to, you know, like going out of their way because they see someone who needs a little bit of assistance and it makes all the difference in other people's lives, right? It totally, yeah. I mean, we could have been it, walking along those streets for another hour trying to figure out what to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these things don't have to be heroic. I don't think it's just like it's these little acts of kindness that just makes life just really nice. So. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's like little tiny things yeah. that I'm always, um, I mean, I've just, I'm just, as, as, uh, an American, like when you get out of a taxi, you tip and stuff like that. And, and I remember a couple times in Japan is just, you know, you're really supposed to only leave the change. Mm. So like if, if it's like, let's say it's a buck 50, you're, well, let's say it's $6, $6 and 50 cents. You're only supposed to leave like a taxi driver, like the 50 cents, anything that's silver. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. And I've actually had a couple taxi drivers just like, you know, it's just like, this is my field. I don't do that. And it's just like, that's too much. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, I try to give him, it's like, oh, I'll just give him a buck. And, you know, it's like, and he looks at me, it's like, no, that's too much. And then he, he like puts the change back into my hand and he'll take, and they've taken like, this is what I'll take from you. <laughs> wow. So he's given me back all the money I want to tip him. And then he looks and he, and then he puts it in my hand and then he takes two or three coins out of it. And it's like, this is enough. And then, and then went off. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, it's just so neat to see other cultures and how they deal with things like that. And anyways, instead of like, um, apparently I was trying to tip him 50 bucks and <sighs> coins apparently, but no. <laughs> oh, God. So many times with the foreign currency. Yes. Yes. Make, I've made that mistake. Like, oh, where's my monies? Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of foreign currency, the people, I mean, I feel like everyone who travels or just maybe not even traveling, just you feel that rush or that pressure when you're like trying to figure out your change at the cashier, mm-hmm. either trying to pay or like you've just finished paying and putting all your money away. Mm-hmm. Just the people who are like, take your time mm-hmm. and like, don't rush you. Or if you're in a foreign country and they're, and you're like, here's my monies. And they actually like, Oh, okay. So you need this, 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 and this. And it's like totally fine. They don't make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Not that, I don't think I've run into many people who've made a huge deal about it, but there are some people who are just a lot nicer and more patient with you than others, which is always very thoughtful. I like it. 
Well, definitely. And I would have to say, I'm switching gears because as I was thinking about Zen's very remote uh, <laughs> hospital experience, I had a similar one. Um, I was in Cuba and had gotten thrown from a horse. I had no business being on a horse. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Um, so I don't blame the horse. I blame me. Uh, and, and that was in a remote part of, uh, of Cuba. And I was going back the next day to, um, to Havana. And it just so happened the host for my Airbnb kind of happened to be like the chief of surgery for the best hospital in Havana. Um, so it, was, <laughs> it was like, thank you universe. <laughs> um, and his father was the personal surgeon for Fidel Castro. Didn't know that in what? the Airbnb part. I know. <laughs> I'm like, you, you should leave with that. So, so, so you you have like a uh, one, one degree of separation from Fidel Castro. Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> as if we were having tea together. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and now when I was thrown from the horse, uh, I clearly knew, I, I knew I had broken my hand. My hand was swollen. It was a lot of discoloration and stuff like that. Not my first rodeo, um, <laughs> which should have been a lesson. And then I had this really big bruise on my lower back. So I had asked my hostess after I got settled and we did the pleasantries. I said, do you happen to have a, an ace bandage so I can wrap my hand? I show him my hand and he's like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think I broke it. And then I showed him my back and he's like, I'm really concerned about that because where you fell is close to your kidneys. He goes, I'm not trying to tell you what you to do, but if you'd like, I could bring you to my hospital. Well, Okay, so we get in his car and we drive, which was a modest car. Like, I think it was, you know, a, you know, nothing fancy. We drive to the hospital. He parks in the loading dock and we go in the back door. Um, and literally from the time we left his house until the time we returned was just barely an hour. Um, he takes me to the check-in desk, which was literally like, it, it looked like an old school desk. And all they asked me for was my name and my age. And that was it. And then I got like this little slip of paper. Then he walked me to get my hand x-rayed. Turns out it was broken. Then he walked me into this ultrasound room where he personally did the ultrasound. And meanwhile, I'm watching people, you know, walking around casually, you know, eating chips. So just kind of talking. No sense of like, you know, ER urgency or anything like that. Then he brings me to his friend where I get my hand casted and all this stuff. And then we get back to the house. And like I said, once again, under an hour, no appointments, nobody asked me for my insurance card. And he goes, Lee, I want you to know something. You're the first person I've ever done this for. I'm like, well, hopefully I'm the last. He goes, (laughs) no. He goes, when Janet Napolitano was here, um, because he he had some – he had some uh, connections with the UC Cuba program. He goes, she couldn't come to my hospital. He's like, she literally had to apply for an academic visa to walk in. He goes, and we just brought you in the back door. And I'm going, wow, I'm going to tell Janet the next time I see her. (laughs) 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 So, yes, I came back with this very, I mean, and and to say it was even a cast was literally just like, I mean, it was pretty, pretty, pretty uh entry level let's say like you know maybe a scout version sort of thing you know, it wasn't a nice like fiberglass pink sort of work of art or anything but it, it did the job and uh and all that so yeah i managed to to get the the authentic healthcare cuban healthcare experience which you cannot find on airbnb <laughs> 
awesome. Yeah. That is an experience I don't think anyone will really <laughs> encounter unless they also fall off a horse. And yeah. also, you know, stay at the Airbnb of the, you know, general surgeon or whatever of Cuba. It was, it was, aligned. yeah, it was crazy because it turned out that he had a number of, like, and I didn't know this when I booked the room, um, but he had a number of connections at UC Irvine and um, like the, the Dean of Social Science and some folks and, and humanities. And he was even pointing to a picture in his living room. He's like, oh yeah, oh Raul gave me that. And I'm like, <laughs> I love Raul. So we had this huge love fest um, all coming from, you know, UCI and stuff like that, which was a, a, an extra bonus. That's awesome. So this other story that I have about random acts of kindness really involves my sister. And this is also another Taiwan story. Maybe it's just Taiwanese. True. Um, but uh, so uh, she wanted. So Taiwan is a wonderful country to go to, but they are not fully tourist friendly like so many places like japan or france or something like that um they are i mean i guess what it is is that they are tourist friendly but they are not as tourist friendly advanced as like those other countries and so if you want to do something a little bit out of the ordinary it takes a little bit of work it's not hard it just takes a little bit of work and she wanted to um go out to a city that was on the east coast i believe it's on the east coast of um, of taiwan and from from taipei so she was um at the hotel and um the front desk clerk was oh what are you gonna go do and and she was like well we want to go to the city but we're not quite sure how to get there and the person at the front desk is like, oh, um, my son's going there tomorrow. Um, would you like, uh, I could talk to him and maybe he could take you there. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, that'd be fine. It's like, and so my sister ended up going to the city, which was probably only, it was about an hour away in this, um, in the hotel clerk's son's car with them. to the uh to the east coast and so they make it out there and they you know the guy shows them around and then it's like would you like to come eat dinner with me oh and so he invites them to um my now this is my sister and her husband to their home and it's a traditional um like three generation four generation family so the grandmother's there, the mother's there, the grandchildren are there, and everyone's there. And so they have these two, two foreigners in their kitchen, and they make the most delightful, uh, the most delightful meal for my sister and her husband. And to this day, they they always and it's funny because my my brother in law is actually um, German born American, and 
Taiwan is one of his favorite places to go. And they constantly, of all the places, you know, like he knows Europe very well. They love to go to Taiwan and then they go visit this guy and his family. Wow. <laughs> and they send gifts back and forth to this day. They, cool. you know, they write back and forth. You know, um, they, you know, this guy from Taiwan sending them gifts, you know, every, and they said, it's like my sister one day is like, you know, he collects special Lego figures. I'm like, what kind of Lego figures? Like, well, he's looking for these limited edition Lego figures that are Disney Legos. Can you help me? So it's like, sure. So I buy a bunch of these Lego, you know, they're hard to come by. And then she ships them over to Taiwan and the guy's like ecstatic. That is so awesome. But to develop a friendship with someone that you just randomly, just a chance meeting, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think maybe... I haven't had as many because I so many things I've done are so structured, mm-hmm. but you know, you still run into these things all the time. So what? Okay. Lee, I do, I do have a side question. Mm-hmm. Did you get anything at the Jade? Okay. Yes. Describe the Jade market in Taiwan to people. And then I want to hear what you got. Gosh. Um, well, it, it, it was huge. I mean, I, I would imagine, like, as I think back on it, it was almost like a huge open-air flea market, but it just kept going and going and going with all of these stalls. And I had, I, I went in with a purpose. I wanted to get, um, I just remember it being referred to as a chop, but like a little stamp that oh. I could put, you know, that, that represented like my signature sort of thing. Right. Um, and so, and I don't know, there's no Yelp for the jade market in terms of individual <laughs> vendors. So I just kind of wandered around for a while, and I eventually found this one guy um, who spoke as, as much English as I needed. And I, I told him my name. He's, oh, it's, you're like a lotus flower. I mean, who knows? He probably oh. just makes lotus flowers for everyone. But uh, you know, so he <laughs> like, made, like literally made like this little chop for me that represented my name. And I still have it. As a matter of fact, I, I just came across it the other day. Uh, and it was just such a, a cool thing. Now, at the time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, this will be such a great thing to put on letters and cards and stuff. Well, I hadn't touched it in more than a decade. So, uh, but it was still a cool thing to bring back that was completely different. So what a chop is, is it's a stamp in Asia that is essentially the same as signing a, a document. So you carry this little stamp. It's unique to you. And then lots of in the past, officials would use it to stamp their doc, official documents. But if you if you see paintings sometime in Asia, mm-hmm. you'll see like a little stamp on the bottom Ooh, corner right. that mm-hmm. represents this is from this particular artist. Mm. And Lee, just so you know, there is a certain art to translating someone's name um, from any language into Chinese. So if the person is particularly sensitive, I, I'm, I only know enough to be dangerous. My mom is a native speaker. I'm not. But um, Chinese has these kind of like it's the same sound. I mean, same sound. I, okay. So like, like a vowel can like, ah, 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 ah. Mm-hmm. And all those are different meanings. Mm-hmm. So when they take someone's name, they listen to your name, Lee. Mm-hmm. And then they go, oh, um, Lee, 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 Lee. And then they choose those different sounds and they choose they try to find a pattern that is particularly 
beautiful. Aww. So it could be so so it could be like if they if they uh, how should I translate it one way it could mean smelly smelly flower from the sewers or <laughs> I'm they so can glad you weren't the one way. who made my chop <laughs> exactly or or it could be it's just like beautiful you know beautiful springtime and it's just like just using the same sounds but if so there's a certain art to doing that and translating a person's name into another um into chinese um and then writing it down and putting it onto the chop Ooh. so anyways that's really cool that jade market is particularly cool. I've been there quite a few times. Is it's actually under a highway overpass? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's is it crazy. indoors and yeah. Okay. I was imagining like an open air market. Okay, that puts so some perspective. It in my... feels. It felt really airy to me. Ooh. Yeah, it's high. Se- so it's it's downtown Taipei. So it's in the middle of the city mm-hmm. and it's where the highways are kind of like the highways are like high highways are coming down to the local streets and such. Mm-hmm. And it's built under these highway. Uh, it's a, on the underside of the highway. So you hear all this traffic going above your head and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like a good long. I mean, you can spend half a day there. I mean, you can spend longer if you went and looked at all the vendors there, but it's like, yeah, like you said, a swap meet. And it's just like, the biggest is just like, oh, there's another jade bead and there's another jade bead and there's another jade bead. And, you know, but the funny thing is, it's just like you look at two jade beads and it's like this one is a dollar. This one is ten thousand dollars. And and for me, it's just like I can't tell the difference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you hope that when you're getting the fifty dollar one, they're not giving you the one. Uh, they're not. Right. But, you know, it's the one dollar one. So. So if I went to Taipei and I just wanted to see the jade market, that is the jade market. It's not like there's multiple jade no. markets. Okay. Noted. It is the jade market and it is only open on the weekends. So you oh, can't go there okay. Monday Another to good thing to note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monday to Friday. You had to go like a Saturday and a Sunday. Mm-hmm. But and it's it's crazy. If you could be walking down the street and if you're not paying attention, you're just like Oh, highway overpass, highway overpass. And then you get closer up. It's like, huh, they built walls under that underpass. And, and it will act, you know, it's just like, what the heck? And it's, yes. So, so anywho, any other stories? Well, if we're going to stick with, with Taipei, there was this, once again, I, I was there for multiple days and there was this one day I was just wandering around. I wasn't quite lost yet. What um, were you doing there? I, it was, uh, it was uh, 2004 when I was there as a uh, sailing with semester at sea. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. Fine. Yeah. And so, and, and at this point I'm not lost, but I'm wandering around and this little old man comes up to me. That's midday, you know, probably around two o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, he asked are are you american and i said yes uh and we're kind of talking at this traffic light which was taking forever and he's like as we're talking he goes would you like to see where i exercise and i'm like (laughs) what yeah we were talking about that's a strange pickup line (laughs) (laughs) and then he had this van and he said he was looking for a puppy and he had candy no um <laughs> but he said you, we were talking about life and stuff, and he goes, "Oh well, would you like to see where I'm on my way to exercise? Would you like to see where I exercise?" I said, "Sure." I had no place to go, and we we walk a couple of blocks, and we get to this building, 
And he's like, well, we have to go up these stairs. And now I'm thinking now it's broad daylight and he's a little old man. So I'm pretty sure I can handle him Mm -hmm. if anything goes down south. Um, But we go up these two flights of stairs and then all of a sudden it opens up into this giant ballroom, giant dark ballroom. And there's like a disco light happening and there's like American music playing like from the 60s. And there's dozens of people of all ages dancing. It was like this community dance hall where folks got together and it was uh, all of the music was stuff that I knew and people were dancing. They were jitterbugging and two-stepping and all of this stuff. And it was the coolest thing. Um, he invited me out on the dance floor, but I, uh, you know, I didn't want to embarrass <laughs> myself. Uh, but I stayed there for over an hour just taking it all in uh, because it was such a cool experience. I'm like, where else am I going to get to see something like this? So... Uh, and I, I don't know what inspired him to, you know, strike up a conversation with me and, and share such a cool part of his life with me. But I was really, I really, really enjoyed it. That is so funny and so <laughs> cool. <laughs> I can just imagine this random man. Would you like to see where I exercise? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. these types of things that just kind of like want, you know, I, I've just learned, I don't know. I mean, to kind of follow like, okay, there's going to be something interesting here to discover. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's just been fun. And I think the one that if I had to pick one thing that like shook me to my core, it was when I was in Korea and it was my last few hours in Busan. And I'm at this, it's hot as heck. It's summer. It's humid. I am sweating profusely and I've got this wonderful, huge Korean meal in front of me and I'm scrambling to write postcards and this car drives up. Um, and in the car is like a woman, the woman driving is in her twenties and then her elderly mother and they start talking to me, but I, I can't understand it. Um, and so the server comes along and the, the, the waitress comes over and she's like, can I help you? And they start talking to her and she's trying to interpret to me. I'm still not getting it. I'm dense as heck. So the server pulls out her cell phone and calls a friend. Well, her friend happened to be an English instructor at the local university who now is three people removed you know, and <laughs> right. is interpreting this conversation. So that in of itself is really sweet until you get to the why this mother and daughter stopped randomly at my table and started talking to me and they had asked are you american and i said yes uh and they said we would be honored if you would have dinner in our home and and unfortunately i didn't you know jump in the car and go um because i had to be back on the ship but i just was blown away at at here i am i'm just sitting i I did nothing for these people i didn't give them money i didn't walk them eight you know blocks into a you know a market because they were lost i'm just sitting doing my own thing and they would be honored if i had dinner in their home i i couldn't believe it i was moved to tears uh because i thought of all of the times when i had encountered people uh when i was living in boston and, and even out here in the west coast where people had asked me questions and, and I'm, you know, of course a little nervous of them, or I just kind of blow things off and I'm going, my gosh, there's such, such opportunity out there to to develop these kind of meaningful connections with people. Um, And so, yeah, that just, that, that was, I think the spark that had me kind of open up uh, to, okay, let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then 
the last like thing I'll say would random jumping in cars with strangers. This wasn't a, a an exciting trip. It was just down the road in Temecula, and I was with my friend Nancy, and we were driving to see her husband because he was in a, a bike race, and her car died. And it's July, it's hot, um, it's a Saturday. We finally get the car towed. It's towed to a Ford dealership. They the car rental place had closed and we she can't get a hold of him because he's biking and biking and biking so we don't know what we're gonna do now ahead of us is this gigantic man who looks straight out of sons of anarchy i am not he is he is tatted up he is bearded he's huge um and he hears us kind of talking like well we're gonna have to figure this out and this is long before uber and lyft and stuff like that and he's like well my old lady's coming to pick me up you can we can give you a ride and you know as we're trying to come up with our socially appropriate um you know no thank you thank you but no thank you this beautiful jag beautiful jag drives up and he opens up the door and he's like hey i, I offered to give these ladies a ride you do you mind and, she, and, and once again a woman looking road worn and weary is driving this jag and she's like yeah sure so i jump in the car now my friend nancy's like what are you doing and i'm like i'm jumping in the car they're gonna give us a ride she's like we could die i'm like we die in a jag <laughs> she's like lee this is not a good decision i'm like i think it's a great decision <laughs> so she's like okay well i can't let you die alone so we get in the car it turns out these two folks had done the whole you know rat race living in the city you know corporate life and decided to escape to the country they were redoing a, an old farmhouse they decided to make build art they were like literally they you know drove dropped us off at this place where the bike race was nicest nicest people and it was so funny and so nancy's like i can't only you would jump into a car with strangers i'm like hey we got us to where we needed to be and then a really nice car <laughs> so <laughs> Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Those were but, amazing stories. I'm trying to, like, there's nothing for me to add. <laughs> <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> well, kids, when you're jumping into cars with strangers, make sure that you have a buddy. There's the yeah. lesson. There's the life, <laughs> okay. life lesson right there. <laughs> I think that's a great lesson to end on. <laughs> uh, Zen, do you have any other last minute tidbits? No, but I think we leave with that one. Yeah, I think, okay. Cool. I'm gonna, I just wanted to give you a chance. <laughs> but Lee, those were amazing stories. We could totally, we're good. We're leaving at that. <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning into our Kindness of Strangers episode. What did you guys think? Let us know if you've had some encounters. Um, we would love to hear about them. You can find us on our social media channels where you can also see photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. Meet us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for the professional courses. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! Bye.